2: Motherfuckers! Uh, Let's keep rolling here. So as long as we've been talking about things that stall us out and hold us up in our progress, let us never fail to mention another very serious challenge we all face. Something that can keep us living in misery and self-abandonment. Something that feels cruel, oppressive, and unchangeable. Something that we can't possibly escape. We are truly obligated to it. It's us, our damn selves, or more specifically, the ways our brains develop to shut down our damn selves. Meaning it's the rules we create for ourselves to stay safe and how those adaptive plans, narratives, and instructions then go on to become daily hindrances to actually living, to being our full selves, to experiencing all that the planet and this lifetime have to offer. Yes, of course, we're talking about avoidance and over-attachment traps always. We tend to overcompensate for things that we observe fearfully or painfully and never want to repeat those lessons. So we try to stay away from similar situations and stimulation to just cut out those most difficult parts of life down the line. We know. But... We're also talking about parts, parts of our psyche, of our memory systems, of our typical behavioral programs, parts of our personalities. If you're not on the parts train yet, don't worry because we've already done an episode on the public platform and we'll be revisiting the disassociative identity disorder spectrum topic to come. But for today... All we need to accept is that we create separate, distinct versions of ourselves when we undergo T-words in life and when we're just plain old adapting to the general T-word that is becoming an adult and functioning in our brutal society. We enter the world as a beautiful, untouched, authentic being without any self-judgment or fear of what might happen next. And over time, we lose that. Little by little, we separate ourselves from ourselves, hide parts of us away, or just forget about them through chronically failing to use those portions of our brains. And in this way, we seemingly lose parts of us. Problem being, number one, We notice, we see that we're being whittled down by the world and don't feel great about it. There's a lot of stress about losing ourselves or lamenting a lost version of us from the past, as we don't feel like our whole embodied person. Number two, when we do activate those parts again, the ones that were formed by traumas or other shameful deactivations, we find that they hold a lot of grudges. Those trauma born parts were split off for a reason, and that reason is the painful memories they contain. Even more so, the shame that surrounds those recollections. Because, like we've already stated 10 times, PTSD is all about the aftermath. Left alone to decide how we suck the most after a negative event, we end up placing the blame on some iteration of ourselves. And those condemning judgments don't go away when left unexamined. The feelings don't fade. That is why we splintered these thoughts and memories off in the first place. So when those parts are activated again, all the inner criticism comes roaring back to life, along with the behaviors, internal and external, that go along with, including tons of avoidance and self-hiding instincts. Meaning, in the context of this self-limiting conversation, many of our parts contain shame and fear that shut down certain behaviors. They contradict things we intend to enact, thoughts we try to foster and solidify, new perspectives that we're forming and attempting to validate, even different emotional states that we're trying to make our new daily standard. Those newer behaviors all go out the window and, instead, are replaced by the contents of those old parts. Plus, our parts have a bad habit of fighting amongst each other. This version of you wants to go for walks and meditate daily, has really been trying to journal regularly, and doesn't see the world as an endless source of stanking defeat. But this other version of self is pretty sure you're despicable and life is pain. So you should probably just shut the fuck up, serve everyone as usual, and return to bed. Meaning, when our personalities become disintegrated, when our full selves are split apart by a new trauma or triggering of an old event, we can become stalled out in life without any seemingly safe, options for moving forward. One part of your brain says green light, another part says motherfucking red, and you get caught in the crossfire, just unsure what to do and feeling out of control of the whole situation. Now, take this 10 steps deeper and refer to the prior episode about the DMN, the damn, to understand how uncontrollable these happenings truly are that'll keep you thinking for a few months if you're me and now you're trying to pick out all of the danger signals that your brain was detecting, which was launching you into these past versions of me. (laughs) The brain detects something fearful that you aren't even consciously aware of. Well, you find yourself thrown into one of these fear-based parts And then find yourself feeling like your brain has a life of its own, as all of your intentions and prior thoughts are rapidly replaced. How many times has that happened in your life? And how has it held you back? This is why self-limiting beliefs, something we spent a lot of time talking about this past fall, go so much deeper than just self-limiting beliefs in CPTSD. Because they become self-limiting methods for existing. Because, yeah, we have self-limiting beliefs, or SLBs, being thoughts that we've had so many times that we don't even actively think them anymore. They're just known facts in our brains. Things we truly believe about ourselves and existence past the point of reanalysis, A.K.A.? I'm a failure, and the world is a misery factory, might be your dominant perspective. But we have a lot more than beliefs holding us down in this self-limiting conversation. We also have self-limiting thoughts, or the actively working assessments of self that stream between the ears. So when a negative event happens, we analyze the situation and determine in the moment, or shortly thereafter, that... Clearly, this is because I did X, Y, or Z. A new self-limiting belief before it's been fully cemented to your core starts to be drafted in your thoughts. We also have self-limiting emotions. Shame and fear obviously being the top contenders. Sadness, guilt, defeat, and entrapment fall into that category as well. Or you can also consider these to be self-limiting moods when those emotions aren't allowed to be experienced, placed, and faded out. All of which will shut down our broader, grander, newer thoughts, plans, and activities as we're launched into a depressive, distressed, or numbed-out state that's probably fairly historical for us with those lifetimes of shame, fear, sadness, guilt, defeat, and entrapment. Plus, we have self-limiting behavioral patterns, which are born from repetition of the same actions over and over again. For instance, yeah, again, avoidance is a big one. Mental activities like obsession would fall here too. But also, when we go through life performing in the ways that will keep us alive, those behaviors come with the opportunity cost of everything else we're not allowing ourselves to do. So over time, you fall into a routine where you don't even assess it as being a possibility to engage in other behaviors. It doesn't even cross your mind, or you're so filled with anxiety considering the idea that you can't ever get started. Those safe behaviors that you're repeating all the time might actually be dwindling down your full catalog of alternative actions. Behavioral opportunity cost creating limitations. And lastly, we have self-limiting structures in our lives, often ones that we ourselves create, things we feel we can't leave, situations and life frameworks that feel permanent and unquestionable or become such massive parts of our egos that we don't know who we are without them. We've talked about this briefly, but For instance, belief systems, certain jobs, marriages, places we live, or lifestyles we embark on and commit to. Once they're in place, we feel safe in the container that they create, unfortunately often failing to realize that there's so much more to see outside those cages or that we can open the door and walk out of them. Even routines can become self-limiting structures when they become too rigid, see prior point on behavioral patterns becoming a hindrance. And then once we're living with limiting thoughts, beliefs, emotions, behavior patterns, and structures sewn into our heads with a brain that's trigger happy and ready to throw us into a spiral of doom, when that terror engages distinct pieces of our personalities that feel outside of us, unmanageable or foreign in some way, then We're running a life on limitation, a mode of limitation, limitations we learned first from the outside, which become limitations that we hold ourselves to from the inside. And what's a motherfucker to do? Well, first of all, know that you are not losing your fucking mind when this happens. Your mind is here, working its hardest to keep you safe. You may have lost full control of your brain if you aren't intentional about noticing what's happening and bringing yourself back to baseline. But your brain isn't actually splintered or damaged. It's not irreparable. You can reintegrate yourself and choose your own cognitive programs when the distress passes out of your system and you can do that inner work. Secondly, be kind to yourself. I know, this is a point that's hard for me to even say, because it doesn't mean anything to us. But don't try to stronghold your brain too hard, or you will become obsessive. Don't shame yourself further about the unwanted brain events, or you'll drive yourself further into your disintegrated parts born of shame. Basically, don't fear your own self, because that is what created this mess in the first place. Thirdly practice your grounding and centering skills, and seek helpful perspectives that match the healthy ones that you may have lost through the course of the triggering event. Get yourself back in your body. Learn to bring that body back to a healthy baseline. And don't go it alone. Talk to people who understand what's happening, who can help dispel some of those self-limiting defense mechanisms by validating and reinforcing your in-development cognitive programs that you're hoping to strengthen. And of course, do the inner work to try to better understand those parts, because they aren't going to go away. You might as well learn to work with them holistically and to pull them all back into one system of self, than to battle against them disjointedly continually driving yourself into a fragmented psyche. Then you immersion therapy the hell out of yourself to find out what limitations are real and solidify the truth about everything you're really capable of so you can rewrite all those limiting programs. And uh, if you still want help with that, if parts don't quite fit for you, If you've heard a bunch about the root of CPTSD being contained in your childhood and trauma reactive parts, but still haven't figured out how to make contact yet, well, we got an episode for you coming up next as we revisit that topic and talk about doing work with them. Let's meet here again to talk about our disintegrated personalities In a way that makes more sense and explains your experience more than it might originally seem to when you approach the topic. And if you really want to dive into self-limitation as well as parts work, I'm just going to recommend you hit up that Big Daddy podcast stream. Uh, Search traumatized motherfuckers at Patreon.com because I promise there's a whole lot of episodes you want to hear. We have covered this thoroughly. But till we hang again, fuckers, hail yourself, the full unlimited version. Hail your parts and adaptation through hindering programs. Hail Archie, who challenged so many of my self-limitations. And cheers, y'all. Let's rap again real soon. Bye.